My name is Carly and I am an entrepreneur. These are the real, raw, and honest stories of myself, my colleagues, and my dearest friends, how we followed our dreams and continue to scale the mountain of success every day. Learn what it takes to make the next step and join us on the climb. Get ready to pull up your boss straps because this is Bossy Club. Hey guys, I am really excited to introduce you to Jordan with a good day. He is a graphic designer based out of Toronto, Canada, and his interview with me was so tactical for anyone that is, you know, ultimately just trying to start a business or has dreams of it. But the thing that I loved about his conversation was he was very tactical and gave step-by-steps on how to do certain things in business. So he is equal parts logical, equal parts creative. He is such a gem. I had a great time talking with him, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Jordan. Hi, Jordan. How are you doing today? I am fabulous. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, We both were chatting before the show about how warm it is in both of our countries right now. So I'm in California, oh, yeah. you're in Toronto, we're like turned off all the AC. <laughs> I know, it's going to be a swelter. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on Bossy Class. I am so excited for listeners to, you know, ultimately hear um, some really tactical tips from you. Um, but before we start diving into that, can you tell us a little bit about your company, A Good Day? Yeah, so A Good Day is about six years old. Um, We launched originally with uh, wedding stationery and have grown um, to bring on kind of overall business branding. But Mm -hmm. then um, I've actually been doing user experience for the past 13 years in advertising agencies and have finally this year decided to merge my two worlds. So really thinking about digital experiences and customer journeys across the board and bringing that into my lens of helping businesses do that on a smaller scale. Yeah, that's awesome. And what like, what did you do before starting Good Day? What's kind of the background of, of your um, experience with like the business space? Yeah. Um, so I, as I kind of mentioned, so I was in advertising, uh, started out as actually as a designer and a developer. It was a hobby I was doing when I was a kid. I actually ran a Sims fan site for a number of years. And that's how I learned to code and do web design. Um, and I just kind of it clicked in my brain and I always loved doing interior design and architecture and finding ways of bringing those things in in the web design was a nice challenge. And then uh, over the years, I got very focused on digital and, and working on web. And I was on the computer for like 12, 13 hours a day, just working like you know, we do these days. Uh, and yeah. I miss working with my hands. And so A Good Day was born because of that. I, I used to do a lot of art and then, you know, I lost the tactical touch. Uh, and my yeah. brother was getting married and I had the opportunity to do his wedding invitations. And we went crazy. Uh, and I like learned to do so many things. I like, I learned to hand foil press, hand letter press, uh, laser cut. Like it was my first job and it was like, we did 1300 pieces. Um, oh my gosh, that's it was a lot. insane. It was insane. <laughs> uh, 
there were like 250 invitations for five pieces per wedding suite. And then we did like custom table numbers and little menus and thank you cards and all these things, which I like, I loved, but I was like, oh my God, I love working with paper. I've always loved paper. So it was like, how do I, how do I keep doing this? And then I loved being a part of people's day. Like it's such an intimate part of our, like our business is so intimate in the sense that we get to be a part of people's lives. Um, that I was just like, I need more of this. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That is, that's a massive amount of paper goods, by the oh, way. Oh, insane, I know. <laughs> it's just like a lot. Um, yeah, I have such a special place of admiration in my heart for um, people that are in the letter press design space, because that's the last thing I'm good at. And <laughs> I don't have a sense of like, paper thickness and like <laughs> color eggshell oh or ivory you know yeah. i don't it doesn't it's not the first thing that i I'm, I'm driven by and so i'm always like wow that's so like i've worked in this industry for 10 years and i'm still in awe every time i go to the paper places that i work with oh, i know so, um that's amazing so how long ago was good day how, when did that start what year um, it was founded in 2014, and then I officially launched the business uh, publicly on the wedding side in 2016. Got it. Got it. Interesting. So um, I one of the things you said was um, you really got into coding, and but you really missed the tactical side. And, and um, I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but what I've seen with a lot of creatives is this sort of, if you're creative, you can kind of go back and forth between mediums um, and coding. It's kind of, I mean, is that as um, creative as it, it doesn't sound creative, I guess is my question, but is it like, was, did that scratch the itch? Like you doing like coding and working on web um, at all at any point? It, it did in some ways. It uses a very different part of my brain that's very logical and analytical, which I am, but I'm also like a crazy free spirit who wants to just like create some crazy stuff. <laughs> so like that's how my business has kind of merged where I'm able to jump between both of those worlds where I can work on a, a consumer research survey, uh, talking to 40 people about why they want to buy a used car, and then I can turn around and make you know, custom wedding invitations. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny, Jordan, you mentioned this and now we're kind of going on a tangent, but I think this is important. Like, you know, I think a lot of creatives feel pigeonholed into like, well, I'm just creative, but for me, and I'm resonating so much is for me, I'm equal parts business and creative. So when I talk to my clients, I can kind of flip back and forth between logistics and create creativeness. And is this um, creative piece we're developing functionable for the actual logistics of this event? Is it going to work? Um, and I think a lot of people pigeonhole themselves into going, well, I'm just creative and that's it, or I'm just anal analytical and that's it. I think we have um, a very wide range of ability to kind of bounce between the two. I don't know if you would agree. I oh, mean, 100%. Least... Um, like, the, it's been 
it's been an interesting journey for me because I was very apprehensive about merging my two worlds, I say, like the the user experience and the design. Mm -hmm. I always viewed them as separate. And my husband for the longest time has always been like, just do them together. And I was always like, no, I can't. They're different. My my audiences are different. My whatever. But I've come to realize over the past while that like that's me. Me as a brand, like I want to do these different things. And jumping into different projects doesn't mean that it it doesn't mean one thing in my business. My business is just a shell. <laughs> um, and what drives my passion is like doing different things. And I thrive in environments where I'm able to bounce between different things and wear so many different hats. That's when I'm like alive. So bringing all these things in has allowed me to be a better creative, but also a better business owner, but also servicing tons of different clients and bringing them ideas they may not even realize existed. Right. Yeah, that's, um, there's such a, such a strength in, in going, okay, like, I'm really good at a lot of things. Like, how do I make it all work for yeah. my business? Right. So, um, yeah, that's really awesome. I'm, I, I know originally we had talked about chatting about your ideal customer. You kind of had said like, you know, figuring out what works for your customer. Um, and something I'm really excited to potentially learn from you is like when you are figuring out, you're starting a business, you're figuring out your ideal customer and who your market is for or what your business is for. Um, do you think that it's important to focus on figuring out who your audience is or do you think casting a wide net at the start is smart? Um, I'm curious your thoughts on that. I definitely niche down to start. Um, mm. get a foothold. Like for, for me, it was starting with wedding invitations as the business. Um, because I was like, I want to focus on something really clear and concise. I can direct that message out there, but then I can build my network. And mm. by focusing on that ideal client and knowing you want to, to, to niche down into a specific area starts to build your name and trust with an audience. Um, but it also gives you an understanding of how to hone messaging down because as you start adding services to your business your message does get diluted in some ways and it's harder to kind of speak to so many different audiences all at the same time so you have to be very cautious of that of that balance um, yeah but starting out small is definitely something i would recommend because you can bite off way more than you can chew and it may come from a financial risk or liability that you kind of set yourself up for by taking on too much at the beginning. Um, but it also doesn't allow you to, to really specialize in something right away, like become an expert in a small field and then start to grow. That is how I feel you can succeed in business. That's really smart, Jordan. And I couldn't agree more with that. Um, Especially I, I've met with entrepreneurs before or business owners that say, you know, in the middle, in like an hour conversation, I walk away and I'm like, what's their business model? Like, <laughs> I don't, you just told me you wanted to do 10 things out of your, out of the brand. And it's like, okay, that can work, but let's start, like you said, let's start small. Let's get really good at one thing. Let's service people. Let's put it front of mind on everyone's radar that is in our um, audience, and then we can kind of spoon feed them new material. But we have to actually get people in the door <laughs> to to oh, have yeah. our message 
like makes sense. Um, Yeah. Genius. So like something that I've been learning a lot candidly in launching primary petals, which is um, a nationwide shipping business that I talk about on the show a lot is it's a different roadmap. There's, there's certain similarities, but there's a different roadmap um, than wedding planning because your audience with weddings is here is a bride. Do we fit our personalities fit? Is the budget make sense? Etc. Sounds like a good plan. They hire yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very uh, relational and fluid and, there is a little bit of that sales funnel, but not a ton. It's super hard to track because they change every year. But then having a consumer business and e-commerce and something that is nationwide and can reach a ton more people, um, I'm finding myself having to learn, like, what's the next step? What's the roadmap there? And so I'm curious, like, not necessarily for me, but just as, you know, um, our audience is like, what are some tactical tips that you have found that is sort of like, you know, I, I started this business. Now I have to figure out my customer. Now what do I do? Because I think a lot of a lot of creatives are just like, I don't know what's next. Like <laughs> I'm reading every book and I have no idea. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of overwhelm that can happen, especially during that process. One thing that I would definitely say is start to understand your customer's journey. So you might have an ideal client or a series of clients, then you want to kind of take a look at what, what is their journey? Where, where are they researching? What is their kind of path to purchase or path to inquiry? And how you can do that is through kind of research. So you can take a look at some of your past clients or prospective clients. So if you have an inquiry, it might be really great to find out during that, you know, the survey that you do or a phone call conversation during a consult to to really talk to them about some of their pain points. What are they looking for in a service? Um, why they came to you and how they found you? Those kind of things are kind of golden nuggets to really understand how you can service those customers. When yeah. it comes to an e-commerce-based business, you can look at things like analytics are a really good tell as to where people are coming from and how long they're spending on your site and if they're finding your content relevant. And you can do that through things like bounce rate and time on site. And that can indicate if someone's coming to your land, your homepage and the bounce rate is relatively high, that means that they've only visited that page and left before taking an action on your site. So if you have a higher bounce rate, that's where you're like, my message might not be resonating with that audience. So either I've driven them in through paid traffic or referral, or they've come across me organically and they're hitting my page, but they're not doing anything because my message might not be resonating with them. My pricing might not be the right thing for them. So you, you want to try and see if you can dig into that a little bit more. Um, and then the other thing I would definitely say is a competitive audit. I know we don't really talk about this a lot in our industry, especially, um, hmm. but it's also really hard because a lot of us have, you know, we don't really advertise a lot of our prices. We don't talk about who we speak to specifically, but there's a lot you can tell in the way that they position their brand um, and the way that they position their social and the kinds of media and advertisers and press they're getting can be a Mm -hmm. real indicator about who they're talking about and to as an audience, because Mm -hmm. that can give you an idea where you want to play. Like for me, 
if I take a look at other stationaries, I'm like going to be like, okay, so they're featured a lot in, let's say, Martha Stewart weddings. So they have a specific kind of client that they're targeting. And yeah. am I going to be targeting those same audiences? Then I should be looking at those same kinds of media, same kind of messaging, because their their couples are going to be resonating with those things. Yeah. Yeah. And something that kind of stuck out to me or triggered something in me when you were talking is like, there is so much free, free resource out there too. Like oh, everything yeah. you're saying is like on the back end of your website, like pretty much like figuring out where your traffic's coming from. Um, you know, like that's the type of stuff that we look at all of the time. Okay. Is Instagram sending us people? What is the organic Google search sending? Like, you know, all of that stuff. And we just, I just recently started diving into the bounce rate conversation, Jordan. And it was, it's been quite the, quite the journey of figure, being like, that's a thing. And like, I know, I know it's uh, scary sometimes. And you're like, how much money am I paying to drive someone here? And 50% of them are leaving. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. And I think knowledge is so powerful. Yeah. Because as an entrepreneur, you're probably bankrolling this yourself, mm-hmm. maybe, and <laughs> you can't waste money. Like, let's be real about it. Like, so in order for for you to like build quicker, let's work smarter and like figure out what is going on so we can make the right adjustments. And I think that that is something I've heard so much with entrepreneurs in this space, like, oh, well, I'm just, you know, trying this and trying that. And there's no rhyme or reason. It's like, okay, let's get a little strategy behind this. Like we only have so much resource. Like how do we make this like work? Um, You kind of have to turn into a scientist a little bit. At least I do pretty much every day at this point. I think that everyone benefits from going through those things. You don't have to become an expert in analytics, but being able to just decipher some basic things can be a real indicator where you might need to focus and bring someone else in for support. Or yeah. if it's an area that you're excited about, then you can learn to do things like optimization where you're making incremental improvements and measuring it over a period of time. So you're like, if my message isn't resonating or my, my buy now button or contact me button isn't getting a lot of hits, maybe it's a simple change of changing the color. So you by switching the color, you're seeing you know, that that's drawing more attention and people are clicking it. So that worked. Uh, or if it changed and dropped and you got less traffic from it, then, okay, so that didn't work. And what was working was working before. So what's the next thing that you can change? So there's some real value in, in testing minute things over a period of time rather than, you know, wiping a slate clean every time you get frustrated with something and starting over because you don't actually know what the underlying problem was potentially. Yeah. Um, and you might be replicating the same thing in just a different form. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of answered that next question too. It sounds like it's refined. This this practice oh. is refined over time. It's not just like, let's just do this at a 30-minute no, mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's the same thing you were talking about with your ideal client. Like they're constantly evolving and your audience yeah. is looking for different things from you. And then in the case of, everything going on with the pandemic, it's shifted a way that businesses have worked now, but that doesn't mean in six months, it's going to be the same. So what's working now was working six months ago are very different. <laughs> and so yeah. you always have to be evolving 
um, with the conversations that are going on in our industries and what clients need, but also just like general behavior and traffic and, and, and consumer patterns. So if digital buying and digital research is becoming more trending, then having a website that addresses all of those research bits is going to be a really strong thing for you because that's what consumers need. If you're not giving that to them and they're like having to go and dig and do a ton of work to try and find out if they even want to work with you, yeah. they may not really be interested in going down that path if they're not seeing what they're looking for. So then you lose them as a potential lead, even if they may be your like perfect ideal client. But if they have to do a ton of work, it's a big barrier for them. Yes. And I look at it like, you know, how, what's the 10 second, what's, well, I guess 10 seconds, even too long at this point, but like, what's the three second grab? Um, yeah. Or even like, this is kind of my soapbox moment, but we can maybe edit this out if it doesn't fit is like a website without somebody's phone number on it or their email. Like, oh, I just, yeah, it can drive me bonkers. <laughs> I'm like, Chloe, my, my, uh, partner at primary, she's like, why are you mad? I'm like, I cannot figure out how to reach out to this person. Like, how do they expect me to like, I have to do a five minute dig to figure this out. Like that's, that's the basic thing. I don't know. So yeah, I agree. It's kind of that thing of like, give me everything I need to make a quick, easy sales funnel, period. Yeah. Like that's, that's what, that's what a sales funnel is. It's like, you got to make it as smooth, less clicks as possible to get to checkout, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> so oh, drives me crazy. <laughs> hey guys, it's your girl, Carly. I'm here to tell you about the coolest flower delivery service that exists. It's my sister company, Primary Petals. You may have heard of Primary Petals before, but did you know that we are going nationwide? It's an amazing service that sends really cool and unique flowers to anyone's doorstep in the lower 48. Guys, we have sent to every state and every bouquet has arrived so beautiful and so fresh, which if you know, is no small feat for shipping flowers. For my listeners, I'm giving 10% off using code BOSSYCLASS at checkout. If you want to learn more, please visit primarypedals.com. Okay, so talk to me about um, if I'm a new entrepreneur, I have this great idea, I want to start a website, um, how do you even like start? Like how do you generate sales in this like crazy bombardment of, of social you know, everything's e-commerce at this point. Like, how do you stand mm. out? What's the first step? Do you have any advice? So for me, it's actually like, I always say start with friends and family. <laughs> I know it's a little like cliche in, in some ways, but they, it's already a soft sell. They know you, they might know someone who's, in the case of our wedding industry, like they may know someone who's getting married and you want to just get your foot in the door or in the case of me helping my brother out, like it gave me a project. And once you have that project, it's less on the hypothetical and more about someone having, you start to build processes out of those things. And, mm. and for me, really starting small and test, what I call test and learn. So like put something out there and see how it's working. Don't, for me, don't be afraid that everything needs to be perfect before launching because to me, you're never gonna launch. <laughs> yeah. like very rarely are you going to be like i just finished my 40 page website and everything's amazing and my products are perfect 
and I figured everything out and I'm going to turn it on and all of a sudden there's going to be a flood of customers. But they're never going to know you existed. Like, <laughs> like okay. unless you're able to drive a massive amount of traffic there, which is going to cost you a ton of money and, you know, you fit a need in there or you get a huge celebrity endorsement, which isn't a guarantee. So like there are, you, you can't wait for those things. You've got to be like, I'm interested in trying something. Let's put a, a one pager up and see how it works. Then start driving traffic there. Then keep refining. Put it out there and, and keep iterating. That's always my feedback to any of my clients because you know your great idea will still be a great idea in two years potentially, but it might not be the right idea anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I would definitely say is network. Get out there meet people, introduce yourself, even email. Like, as we're saying, if you can find their email, <laughs> email them. <laughs> just make an introduction, find out if they can give you any insights, like ask if you can do any favors for them. Like going, that goes a long way to be like, Hey, what can I do to help you? I'm new in the industry. Don't position it as what can you do to help me? Because there's nothing really in it for the established business. You want to be like, how can I build a relationship with you? And usually that's helping them out or offering them something or even just a, a general conversation in a friendly tone that's not asking too much of the person you're asking mentorship or guidance or support or referrals from. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. Um, yeah, that's so helpful. Especially, uh, Thank you for being tactical, by the way. Just <laughs> I'm like, give me the roadmap. Tell me what the next thing is and we can work on those things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. And I want to jump back to you saying, you know, just launch even if it's not perfect. I would say too, in launching multiple projects over the years, you know, even, even Bossy Class was sort of this like, okay, this is kind of the idea. This is, this is what I want to do. This is the audience I want to attract having launched season one, now it's like, okay, how do we like kind of like mold this to be more helpful for the audience that has actually showed up? Yeah. So um, I think there is a sense of kind of holding things loosely and going, okay, if this is going to generate income, I'm going to let the audience come to me and tell me what they need. Because mm -hmm. otherwise I'm shoving something down someone's throat and they have the power, aka the money to, to, endorse or walk away from it pretty quickly oh yeah so, and try to hold things really loosely and i think some entrepreneurs have a hard time with that like hey i'm really good at this one thing and that's the lane i have to be in or that's it like just relax a little bit and like just start putting content out into the world like <laughs> and i think that's really helpful um and give some sense of freedom as well yeah i mean the the amazing thing about digital is you can literally go and change it like right now you can go log into your website and change a button or change a header change a photo it's right. not in the old days of like print where i'm going to go and print a thousand flyers and then i'm going to go get it out there or ten thousand or whatever or business cards like once that's that's a more tangible thing like once it's done with that it's done for that period of time right. so that you do need a little more planning and like thinking about but when it comes to digital, like there's so much freedom because A, your audience didn't know what you intended. No one's yeah. like, 
oh, that picture isn't resonating with me the same way that the next picture you just uploaded was. Like they had no idea that there was a picture before that one. They just see what they see. <laughs> so true. Oh, man, there's so I'm I'm just going back to this idea of like there's so much like flexibility in this process and it's okay if it's like not good the first time it probably won't be so like let's just <laughs> it's not going to be <laughs> yeah i mean in the sense that you know you're always refining your message and over the years like my message has really honed itself in and now i'm able to grow and add more things on because i feel confident in what i'm doing in that one area because i've spent you know 5 years refining that <laughs> yeah absolutely oh so good, Jordan. So how is like real talk? How has this year been for you? And were you able, have you pivoted your business at all? Or is it kind of like sustaining itself as is like, how, how's it going? <laughs> so it was, it was amazing. So coming in November, I started booking wedding, like for stationary, I don't typically book up um, more than three or four months uh, in advance this is usually how I've found my clients are, are finding me. Um, yeah. but last, like I had my business quadrupled right before COVID. Like I was swamped. It was amazing. I was like, so proud all the hard work I'd put in over the years, all the advertising, all the networking was paying off. And then literally like the shutdown happened and yeah. all the leads that were like, we're almost ready to book. And here's this really robust, amazing project on hold. We don't know when our wedding's going to be just on hold. And then projects got scaled back and postponements happened and literally the business dried up. And then I did pivot and that's where I brought in the, the UX work um, on, on, the, on the wedding business side and, and my freelance work. That's exploded um, now wow. because a lot of people are focusing on, on their businesses again. Yeah. Um, because a they have time like honestly this is the first summer i've had in four years <laughs> yeah oh jordan we're i'm in the same boat i'm like what are weekends like this is great i, I mean I love job, but like let's be real <laughs> I know. It's, so, it's so different and yeah i mean i honestly wish you know i wish we were all working but i'm also like i'm taking this time to be like what do i want to do in my business what don't i like in my business what other things can I do in my business to garner business with people I've already have established relationships with? Because I find with stationary, there isn't a lot of repeat clientele. So it's a lot of starting fresh all the time. Yeah. Um, but with web, there's you know incremental improvements and retainers and I can do SEO work. And there's all these different things that can help keep the lights on but also are challenging and I get to meet people and learn about their businesses. So it works really well for me in that sense. Uh, yeah. And then I still get to design. It's just in different mediums. And then I still do have, I have the odd wedding client coming up now and micro weddings are amazing because some couples are actually willing to invest. Not with, They're paying more for stationary for really small amounts, but they're getting something that's so amazing that they wouldn't normally be able to afford because yeah. they're just, because they're like, it's a keepsake now. It's going to be for me and my like, my parents and the best friend are going to get yeah. like the most amazing wedding invitation in the mail, or I'll give it to them, or we'll print amazing menus because I wouldn't normally be able to want to be able to do that for 150, 200 guests. But right. I can do it for 10 people. So that's been amazing to be like a really cool creative challenge. 
um, but also like still getting to work with people on something that can still happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Two things popped out when you were saying, so I'm, let me, so, um, okay. So the thought of like, you know, thinking positively too, in like a pandemic, <laughs> like you're getting to produce these like one of a kind pieces that I, I'm, I'm assuming, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as a wedding planner, you know, we, you do have to kind of scale back, like you're saying with the 250 people invites, yeah. because who's going to get, you know, unless it's your brother, the five piece thing, yeah. or they have a zillion dollars. So I think that it's actually going to service you so well in the coming years, once we're out of this crazy thing, once, um, you can, you can showcase these like epic pieces now, and yeah. that is content for you moving forward when people go, oh my gosh, like Jordan can do these epic things. Like that's, that's going to set you up so well, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm using it as a, a place to like, I've always been a little crazy, like in, in the way that I source materials, like I source from stuff from all around the world. Like I, a couple of years ago, I did a concrete wedding invitation, which was a literal nightmare, but amazing. <laughs> So it sounds like a nightmare, but like that's my lane. <laughs> like, like I embedded copper paint and copper foil into the concrete, so it had all this texture in it. But oh, okay. shipping it was like crazy because it was very fragile. So it was like, how do we figure all these logistical things out? Um, right. I would do that for place cards, not for an invitation again. <laughs> right. Totally. So there are like learnings you do, but in this case, I'm using it as like, you know how when we work on a style shoot, we're like, sky's the limit. So I can go to a client now and be like, let's do wood invitation. Let's do a bespoke handmade paper that, you know, would be normally very expensive, but I can get a maker to create that. And we can do a custom color with handmade petals, like real flower petals baked into the paper. And you get something that's so amazing. Totally. I've been finding so much creative um inspiration we just did a wedding like two weeks ago that was done in three weeks and um and it was like the most seamless like fun process because it's this like it just sort of worked because everyone was available everyone was like <laughs> by their phone no one was like distracted with 20 other brides like it was so like it kind of felt like i just started wedding planning and so did everybody else yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's this sort of sense of like excitement and creative um uh uh, what's the word I'm thinking? Creative, uh, like freedom, and yeah. you're filled up from not having worked. For, you're not drained, I guess. So yeah, I mean, there's actually time to to think and process. Like you're like, yeah. what if we did this? And everyone's like, I think we can actually do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like not like, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. Um, yeah. Like I don't but... have four hours for a load in. Like I, I have ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that there, you know, obviously it's a roller coaster of, of emotion and all of these things with the, the pandemic, but I, I try to really look at it of like, this is such a gift and can be a gift. Um, you know, it's obviously not ideal by any stretch. No, of it's not, not ideal, but it's been honestly the best gift. Like it's been able, I've spent so much more time with my husband 
We're able to do things around the house. We're able to like sit down and watch a movie when I'm not drowning in work normally. I know. <laughs> I, know. I was um, <laughs> talking to somebody actually over the period of this time. And this person was asking me like about this movie and, oh, you haven't seen that movie. And there, it's like every movie I haven't seen. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, do you realize I've been working for 10 years? Like I don't watch TV. And then, now I'm like, I've watched New Girl and I've watched the big flower fight. And I've watched, I do. I mean, I'm like yeah, all yeah, up yeah. in the Netflix world at this point. <laughs> it's amazing. But anyway, oh my gosh, this was so helpful, Jordan. Is there anything else um, that you want to add kind of to our conversation before we hit the lightning round? Um. Honestly, guys, let's launch something. Just get something out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. That would be, honestly, if you took one big key takeaway from this, just get something out there and keep refining it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tied that perfectly in a bow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so the lightning round's really fun for me just to kind of get to know you a little bit more. Um, yeah. so, so the first question is, favorite book you've read recently or listened to? Uh, this book called Paper Flower Art by Jessica Chu. Cool. Um, I do a lot of paper flowers, so the more resources I can get to make cool stuff, then the better. Amazing. Uh, what's your favorite podcast? That uh, other than yours? <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> um, I really love Proof to Product by Katie Hunt. It's for um, product-based businesses, and she really started up in the stationary world, so it, it is really tactical and she talks to a ton of different people about like e-commerce and product-based businesses and how to do wholesale and how to do those things. So it's super helpful. Ooh. Okay. I'm, I always have my phone out when we're talking, you can't see it right now, but I always go on audible and podcasts and subscribe to the ones that you, that people tell me. Um, that sounds really exciting, especially for the primary petals space. Um, cool. What is, your morning routine? Uh, so I have two dogs. So my routine is actually like, you know, walk the dogs, feed the dogs, get them ready for their day. Uh, <laughs> and then I usually like just dive in to work, catch up on emails. Uh, I plan my day pretty routinely, like in the sense of I have a pretty set schedule. I usually have a lot of meetings. So it's just like blocking things out. Um, yeah. And just kind of wind, like settling into my day. Um, I listen to a ton of music, so I just make sure that I have a good amount of energy in the morning. So that, that sets me up for success. That's awesome. And do you drink coffee? I am not a coffee drinker, but I am a tea drinker. Me too. Um, I drink it black. Uh, I like mint tea. It's one of my favorites. I'll, or I'll do a chai with coconut milk. Ooh, yum. All of those sound good. I actually just finished a... a Earl, I think Earl Grey English breakfast. I don't know. They're all the oh, same nice. to me. The black teas. <laughs> I made um, an amazing Earl Grey uh, cake um, with like tea in it with a lemon curd um, frosting. It was amazing the other day. Oh my gosh! I that's my favorite kind of dessert is tea dessert. Like oh, so you're gonna have to send me that recipe because I'm gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> um. What last question? What is the best business advice you've been given? Um, so there's two things. One is take it slow. Um, I when I started out, I like bit off way more than I could chew. I tried to appear everywhere I could, and you know, way over invested. 
And I didn't mm. really think through things right away. I wanted to just you know, make a big splash or what I thought would be making a big splash. It just cost me a lot of money. So <laughs> take it slow, build yeah. up, um, and, and really kind of focus on one or two areas to start, especially if you're going to look to advertising, start somewhere small and just kind of get your foot in the door and yeah. don't overcommit yourself at the very beginning. Um, mm. And the other thing would be outsource what you don't love. Um, because like there's certain things that you struggle with as a business. You, some of us can't do everything. Some of us are really great at everything, but honestly, there's not enough time in the day. <laughs> right. So like outsource what you can. Like I finally hired an accountant this year, even though I've been so stubborn about it. And it's been the best amount of money I've ever spent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I agree. And I do struggle with that. I've talked on this podcast before about somebody in my, one of my business groups, they're like, get a freaking house cleaner. I'm like, but I can do, no, get one. Like you can do it. We know you can clean, but like, don't. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Totally. Cause I think the last thing you want to do on your day off after working a whole weekend is like, no, I get to clean my entire house. <laughs> oh yeah i'm like oh my gosh it's so nice to walk in and the floors are so slick you're almost slipping you know it's oh, great yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh oh man jordan thank you so much this was so informative i really appreciate your time well thank you so much for having me it's been a ton of fun good i'm so glad okay well take care and stay i guess stay safe out there is what they say these days yeah what i've switched to is wishing you health and happiness um, okay perfect wishing you health and happiness <laughs> thank you carly <laughs> you're welcome this podcast is edited and published by the primary pedal studios written and hosted by carly ray williams show notes are located at our website carlyrayweddings.com forward slash bossy class if you like what you heard today, subscribe, rate and review us. Sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and bonus episodes. Thanks for joining us as we scale the mountain of success. This is Bossy Class.